Hello everyone, welcome to the 8th episode of my podcast, your favorite young adult bookworm. This week I will be talking about the fourth book of the Red Queen series, War Storm by Victoria Aveyard. This is the last book of this series. There is another book with complementary stories like the life of some side characters, but this book completes the main story. Before I begin, I would like to remind you that you can find me on Instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm, just like the title of this show. I will really appreciate it if you can give me a follow. I post their extra content on my episodes and I am super quick at answering questions. Also, if you enjoy my show, do not forget to comment, share and subscribe so I can reach more fellow young adult bookworms just like us. Before talking about the book, if you have not listened to my episodes on the previous books, I recommend you to go listen before this one so you get my references. Also, someone brought up that I never explained what are the new bloods. Well, the new bloods are people with red blood that have silver powers, so people with uh, silver blood. But they are more powerful than silvers because they uh, they can call the powers by themselves, like the elements of the power of their powers. They do not need like um, an external element to use it; like the element comes out of them. For example, Cal Silver he manipulates fire, but he can create it. Unlike me, who has red blood and she's a new blood, she can manipulate electricity and create. And lightning and she can create it like from her body like she doesn't need like the external source like it comes out of her um now that that is cleared out time to finally talk about the book the story begins as always where we left off cal chose the throne of her mare she feels heartbroken but come on we all saw it coming it is no surprise but as i said even if it sucks for her she gives us some pretty dramatic quotes that my dramatic self loved she returns to the console she tells fairly and davidson the chief of the republic of montfort a country where they believe in equality and democracy and that is also a to the Scarlet Guard. Well, she tells them that she's still with them, but she asks that when the time comes to overthrow Cal to spare his life. And they say yes, because even if like like him, Cal chose the throne, there's still a lie to him. So now the new um, self-proclaimed King of Norta, Cal, is a lie to the Kingdom of the Rift, whose king is Evangeline's father, the Scarlet Guard, and Montfort, who has another silver kingdom under control called Piedmont since they have as hostage the children of the Piedmont king, who is a silver. They are against Maven, so the other, so like, and he's also the king of Norta, so like the other half of the kingdom of Norta, and the lake land, since Maven is married to the second princess um, from there. This book is not told only by Mare exclusively. This time, each chapter is told by a different character, mostly Mary Evangeline and Iris, Maven's wife. There is also some chapters from Cal's and Maven's POVs, because the POV changes so often, POV is like point of view, it gets super confusing sometimes. It is quite annoying. I did not like it. Also, there is not much that happens in this book. That is why it's going to be the shortest episode on this series, even if it was the longest book. So to summarize, we go from battle after battle after battle with some short moments of peace in between where the characters will interact with words and not only fighting. My friend Catherine, who I mention in almost every episode, said if they turn these books into movies, the movie of this book will have amazing battle scenes, but it gets boring in the book. 
I will say 70% of the book consists of different battles. And don't get me wrong, I like action scenes in books, but this is too much. So since there are too many battles, I am not going to cover them with detail. First, fairly married Cal Evangeline, Queen Annabelle, Cal's granny, and Julian, Cal's uncle, and Mare's old teacher go to Montfort with Davidson to ask for soldiers to help out in Norta. Also, Evangeline and Mare have like this truce going on because they do not want Cal to become king of Norta. Evangeline because she does not want to marry him, and Mare because she wants a republic, not a kingdom. I also now really like Evangeline. I think I said it in the previous episode, but like, I really love her now. She is nice, she looks like an asshole and acts like one, but it is all a mess because she is controlled by her parents. She just wants to be happy with Elaine. In Montfort, she sees that the LGBTQ plus community is free, so she is tempted, but duty is more important because, you know, hashtag silvers and their duty. Oh, so annoying. There, when they were having dinner, there is an attack of savage silvers outside Montfort, the ones that did not accept the Republic. There is a lot of tension between Mir and Cal because they love each other, but they did not choose each other. And then Mir now calls him Tiberius, his true name instead of his nickname Cal. And they are both triggered by it exasperating but well they win but they did not know this was just a ruse by Aris who was rescuing the princess held hostage there so now they lost Piedmont that is now on Maven's side there is a big ass chapter over this from Iris's perspective and it was so so boring I was like I could not care less about you Iris and how much you hate and fear Maven also she keeps talking shit about my main man Maven who I love even if he's a psycho who by the way went to Piedmont after they had them as, a, as their allies now there is where Mare leave the second part of the previous book so my main man like the psycho he is made it made his guards look for what used to be her room and Iris was narrating this says he asked them to leave him for a moment by himself and she says I bet he's sniffing Mare's bed because of his crazy obsession but I first did not read that it was a speculation so I thought he did it and I was like oh my gosh Maven but like he's too crazy but I also bet he did it like he did sniff it I bet uh, because I mean Maven guys but like I guess we'll never know I love him he's too much and he also burned the room when he exited um, because Maven <laughs> Later on, Annabelle, Mavens, and Cal's granny, and Julian, like Cal's uncle, meet in secret with Iris. They make her an offer to be passed to the Lakeland's queen, her mother, regarding backstabbing Maven and uniting with Cal. Iris says yes, but she and her mother also plan to backstab them because, you know, <laughs> I felt like I was reading Game of Thrones at this point, and the author indeed said she was inspired by Game of Thrones, so. <laughs> and well, they tell Iris that if she gives them Maven, when the time comes, they will give her the men who killed her father. And Volo, the king of the rift, Evangeline's father, who ordered the death of the former king. Although he did not. He had ordered the death of Maven. But, well, miscommunication, you know? So, like, he needs to die now. But at the same time, who cares? Because he's evil. So, next. 
Meanwhile, in the rift, where all our heroes are, Evangeline makes all she can to make Mary sleep again with Kyle. So he, so he changes his mind and he does not marry her. Mary and Kyle can see through her plan, but they are like, no, we made our choices, we love each other, but we are going to stick to our different causes because we both have the hero complex. So annoying. You guys all know how I feel about the hero complex. And for the new listeners... Well, I fucking hate it. It is so annoying. This is why I prefer Maven, but well. Also, Evangeline can't stop thinking about Montfort more and more, mostly now that she knows her mom is making her brother have sex with Elaine, who is technically his wife and Evangeline's lover, since they need a hair. And she's like, maybe this was not a really good idea. Aileen is never going to be truly mine because she's my da- my brother's like wife and like future queens. Oh yeah. And I was like, no shit, Sherlock. The poor girl. I sincerely feel for Evangeline. Now, back to the action again. Mary, Cameron, and Killern go to liberate the talky town where Cameron is from. The talky towns are like the worst towns. There is where reds are most mistreated. They are basically slaves. It is more like a concentration camp. They are marked with numbers and they are forced to work in horrible conditions. And well, these towns are the ones that provide electricity to Norta. Many things happen in this battle. I will not bore you with the details because as I mentioned before, I was tired of all those damn battles. But there are some important points. So apparently, Killorn and Cameron have a thing going on romantically out of freaking nowhere. Like, since when? I was like, okay, sure. And it's not like if Cameron and he had spent a lot of time together throughout this book, Killorn had followed Mare like a puppy everywhere. He was just like there. He didn't even speak that much. He has been like her accessory since he did not even talk. Like, a, like ugh. I don't understand. But well, now apparently he has a thing going on with Cameron, who had not been mentioned more than once in this book so far until now. Sincerely, I think this was just a last minute while Killer and Cameron need to end up with somebody. Why don't we pair each other? After all, they are both the most annoying characters of the series so far. So what a match, you know? But uh, I'm, I'm pissed. But well, in this battle, he almost dies. Mir just gets him on time to a healer. When he was about to die, I stressed. And I need to say something, and it pains me to say it. But when this happened, I was hoping for Killer not to die. I was like, no, Killer. And I was so shocked by myself. You all know how I feel about freaking Killer. But at that moment, I was like, no, not Killer. Like, excuse me, what? What is wrong with me? I had an existential crisis. I am not joking. You can ask my friend Catherine. I built my personality around my hatred for Killer. But well, I guess it is true what they say. Love and hate are separated by a thin line. This right here was the biggest plot twist of the entire series. I am still in shock. But also, to be fair, in this book, he was not a whiny little bitch. He was just there existing, bringing absolutely nothing to the story, not even annoying me. But well, I guess I realized that if he dies, I will not have anyone to project my anger on or something. But well... 
as this battle is being fought, there is another one happening at the same time in Harbor Bay, a city of Norta controlled by Maven. The rest of our heroes are there, Evangeline, Cal, and Fairly. They need to take over the city because Cal needs a new capital for his kingdom, and since Maven is smart as hell, he knew Cal was going to attack that city, and he knew the Lakelands will not help him out, so he sends Iris there and he's like, well, I guess you will have to make your mommy hurry up with the reinforcements because she won't want to see her baby girl die. Savage. He reminded me a little bit of the Darkling of my last episode, but, but as I mentioned, the Darkling is the real shade of evilness. And while well, the battle is pretty tight since Iris is pretty badass, our heroes are low-key losing and they come with the brilliant idea to send Cal to fight on one-on-one with Iris. Um, Mary, who just won the other battle and once Killen is cured, asks Davidson, how are the others doing? And he's like, well, they're alive. So she, like the heroine she is, goes like, send me there to help her fellow electricons so new bloods controlling lightning like her go like us too because we defend our kind annoying i am so sorry it is not like i dislike them i think they're pretty badass it is just like i'm not into the hero complex and well mary is on her way with her electricon friends to go help her beloved call dropping her bff killern who almost died i bet killern will not have done the same thing just saying but i guess the guy who did not choose you twice is more important than your bff since childhood but who am i to judge when you love someone you do stupid stuff so when Mary arrives at the other battle, she goes like, where is Cal? Where is he? And then a teleporter brings him back from his battle with Iris, just like he learned he's about to die and Mary is about to lose it. She's like, no, I can't lose him. I love him so much. But the healer arrives in time and this is the last push these lovebirds needed to give in into their carnal desire, the lust of each other. Later that night, she goes to his room they look at each other and they say this does not change anything and they kiss and kiss for the last time as they keep telling themselves the entire night later on they ask maven to meet with them to discuss the terms of war and see if they can agree to something. They finally decide to meet at dawn. All the important people go to this meeting. They all keep attacking each other with words spoken where it hurts the most, but mostly Cal, Maven, and Mare, because they are like the main characters. They obviously do not agree with anything, as Mare had told them like all before the meeting, since she knows Maven like no other, and he knows her like no other. At the end of the meeting, the Lakeland Queen and Iris betray Maven, they capture him, and they handle it to Queen Annabelle and Julian, and they give them and like Julian and Annabelle give like uh, to Iris and her mom, the guy who killed Iris's dad. No one knew about this in, Ka- in Cal and Mare's team, so they are all shocked. Evangeline is no stupid and she realizes they also promised to give uh, them her dad, but she does not say anything because she's torn between being finally free from her parents' leash or loyalty to her family. However, they do not give them uh, Evangeline's dad just yet. 
After this, there is a commentary where Davidson, Mare and Fairley give Cal an ultimatum. Either he renounces to his throne and makes Nota a republic or they do not help them anymore. Can you guess what did he choose? Unsurprisingly, he chooses his beloved throne. Mary is disappointed, but not surprised. I mean, it was obvious. So the Scarlet Guard and Montfort step out of the room. Evangeline is like, oh my gosh, I fucking hate you, Kyle. Why don't you choose Mary? Damn it, I don't want to marry you. Before uh, leaving, Mary goes to visit Maven, who is a prisoner waiting to be executed. The old dynamic is back, but roles are reversed now since he's now the prisoner. Their interaction was golden as always because Maven. <laughs> they poke at each other and then Fairley and Davidson arrive. They say, let's go and they take Maven too. I was not expecting that one. In Montfort, Mary meets with John, the new blood of Book 2, who can see the future. He tells her that they need to stop the Lakelanders because if they win against Cal, they are all doomed for eternity. He also tells her that it is all because of Killern. If it were not for him, they will not be there. If it was not because he was going to be sent to war after his boss died and then it hits Mare. It was John who killed Killern's master. Nothing of all this will have happened without that single action. She gets super angry but she needs to go back and tell the others because duty and like heroes, you know. Meanwhile, in Harbor Bay, Cal is coronated, but only half the country is there. The others are still loyal to Maven. He's like, well, damn, I guess we already lost the war, but what can be done? LOL. And his uncle is like, well, maybe if you weren't that married with the idea of being king, you will still have the Scarlet Guard and Montfort help. And Cal goes like, yeah, but honor, duty, following my dad's steps, duty. And his uncle is like, oh my gosh, you are so annoying. I gave you your late mother's diary. Just fucking read it. I've been telling you for weeks now. And Cal goes like, but it is painful. And Julian goes like, get your shit together, your majesty. Cal finally reads it and sees that his mom did not want him to be king. And just because of that, he changes his mind. He's like, well, if this paper says it, well, fuck it. I will not be king no more. Back to Montfort, they plan to attack Harbor Bay, and it is going to be the same day that the Lakelands attack too, but they need Maven's help to enter Harbor Bay. But you know Maven, he likes to play, so he tells them that in exchange for the information, he wants to lead them there, since he's obviously planning to escape. They agree because they have no other option. Also, Mare finally agrees to dye her hair ends purple, like the rest of the electricons who dye their hair the same color as the lightning. And Maven is living for it because he likes Mary. He's like, so pretty. Back to Harbor Bay, Evangeline finally is over to her parents. She literally tells them to go fuck themselves because she's sick, tired of them, and she just wants to be free. And she leaves. Her parents attack her, but her brother sticks up for her, and Julian and Annabelle arrive. They let her go, and these, those two do their dirty work. Evangeline also is sick of the war, and she just leaves for Montfort to live a happily life with Elaine like she deserves. And that is the last thing we know about her. She leaves through Maven's old escape route, the underground train that Mary and her friends see when arriving at the city. Also, they lose Maven. They literally had one job. 
but whatever. Mary and the others arrive to the battlefield. Callie's like, you came. And he also goes like, I am ready to let go of the crown. I know better now. And Mary's like, oh my gosh, I am so glad you finally see it, Cal. And she also tells him Maven escaped. Mary's like, do not worry, guys. I am going to go look for him. And I just want to say that this was happening 40 pages before the end. So I was starting to stress. I did not want a divergence series kind of end if you know what I mean I will say how those series end again because I did it once and I did not say spoiler alert and I spoiled people I feel terrible sorry again Catherine but well back to the story the Lakelanders underestimated the power of all their enemies together and after losing most of their ships except for the one the queen and Iris were in they just retreat Meanwhile, Maven is trying to escape, but most of his escape routes are blocked due to the flood caused by the lake landers. Mary catches on to him. They start fighting in a room with a silent stone so they could not use their powers. Mary was winning, and then Maven was winning, and he was about to kill her, like really kill her, but uh, then he put his weight too much on one side of her body because he was suffocating her, and because he did that, he accidentally liberated her hand that had a dagger and she just killed him. The next thing we know, Mary's awake but in extreme pain because, you know, like, <laughs> she was almost killed. He learned her BFF is there next to her while she's getting cured. And I just want to say, Killorn was there and Cal was not. Later on, Cal comes and it is kind of awkward since he's relieved Maven is dead, but also he resents Mary a little bit for it, like for killing him. And I was like, mm, will you have rather Maven killing Mare? Sincerely, rude, Cal. This is just rude. Also, Mare ran to you when you were about to die earlier and you were not with her when she was getting cured. Like, she was there for you and you were not there for her. And this is why I could never be Team Cal. I am sorry. Although I must admit that midway through this book, since Maven barely appeared, I was like, Cal is not that bad, you see. But I am not so sure about it right now like um he was not there Killen was there he did not only not choose her not once not twice but three times in this book but when she was dying he was not the one next to her Killen was the one next to her you know actions speak louder than words so once Mary is cured, she says her, her goodbyes to everyone before leaving to Montfort to go be with her family. I did not mention, but in the first trip to Montfort, she took her family there to leave. She also says goodbye to Carl, that even if he's not king anymore, he's going to stay there, help rebuild the country. Carl turned out to be a little whiny bitch in these goodbyes, and he tells her, Why do you leave? Why aren't we together? I am all you wanted me to be I changed for you and she did not buy his bullshit she was like no dude you did not do it for me you did it for yourself and that is okay I understand it and I respect it and now I need to work on myself learn who I really am and maybe in the future we will be able to be together again but we need to time to, away from each other we love each other yes that is true but like 
we need time away. Like this is not working. We need to figure out who we are. We need to like heal ourselves before being together. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Why does this sound just like me? But anyhow, he goes to Mon- uh, she goes to Montfort. She's happy there with her family, her sister, and asks her like, like one day if she misses Carl. And she says yes. And she says in her mind that one day they will be back together. And the end. The fucking end. That's it. Now, time for my overall opinion. I feel this book is the worst of the series. It was hard to read. I had to force myself to read it just to finish the series. There were so many battles, too many POV changes that ended up just being confusing. There were a lot of betrayals and backstabbing. There were too many that it was overkill by the end. The only thing that saved a little this book were the chapters from Maven's POV. He's the most interesting character so far, and he was the most entertaining one too. Evangeline's chapters were also good. She's a really interesting character as well and I like she's part of the LGBTQ plus community. When it is just straight people, it is boring. The rest of the characters' POVs were basically duty honor, I must do what is best for my cause, but I am also traumatized, pain, I just want this to be over. And to the last one, I was like, same. Now, let's talk about the lacking ending. They don't tell us what will happen with the Lakelands. There were so many chapters from Iris's point of view, and in the end, we do not know what happens to her. What, what, like, what was even the point? The author should have just written Maven's point of view then. What was the point? Also, what is going to happen to Norta? Like, is it going to be a republic? It looks like it, but we are not sure. What will happen to Cal if he is not king? He's only good at war. What is he, what is he gonna do now? What is going to happen to his uncle and grandmother? Are they becoming a happy family or what? Also, what happens to Evangeline? Victoria gave lots of content about her through this book, and then she never mentions what happens to her next. Like, we know she lives in Montfort with Lane now, but like, are they happy? What happened to her brother? And what was the point of having Cameron's point of view in the third book if she was going to appear just once in this book? And we don't know either what will happen to Mary. Is she gonna go back to Cal after breaking up with him for like the fifth time? What is go- what is she gonna do? There are so many loose ends. It's incredible. Not even the end of Divergent series. I feel the ending of this book was rushed. Like the one-on-one battle with Maven versus Mary happened 20 pages before the end. I sincerely was disappointed by the end of this book. Not only this book has been the least interesting of the entire series, but the end was completely lacking. After the masterpiece that was King's Cage, the third book, I am beyond disappointed by this book. It has clearly been my least favorite by so far, so I am going to give it a 3 out of 5 stars. I will have given it a 2.8 if it was not for Evangeline and Maven's chapters. I also want to mention that I read last night after finishing the book that the other book with extra stories includes stories from Evangeline and that it also mentions what happens to some of the other characters. I might read it later on, but I am not sure. I am too disappointed, so I I don't know though. Uh, but well, now it's time to say goodbye. I think this is the first time I end an episode on a sour note. I feel weird, but well, not every book I read, I'm gonna love it. So 
that's that's it. <laughs> If you like this episode, please do not forget to comment, share, rate, and subscribe. Also, don't forget to follow me on my Instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm. I will see you next week with a retelling of Siege and Storm by Lake Bardugo, the sequel of Shadow and Bone. Goodbye now.